Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch, because it's cellar time. Welcome to the Crack Cellar. As the prophecy was once shattered into a billion pieces, then reassembled, Underneath a golden tree. I'm Two-Spirit Penguin Daniel. And I was almost flattened nickel. <laughs> Broadcaster Nichols. All right, Broadcaster. It's a special day. Finally, finally got to reviewing Elden Ring. How do you feel about that? Four months late. I feel great about it. I don't know <laughs> what you're trying to insinuate right now. <laughs> yep. Uh... We try and beat games before we review them, unlike the game journos out there that play 10 minutes and then pretend like they played the game and beat it. Uh, this time around, I beat the game, but you just fell short, Broadcaster. Uh, you want to explain yourself? Game's trash. <laughs> oh, shit. Hot Not take worth right the time, off the bat. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's GOAT Game of the Year, Broadcaster Nichols, is like, nope, it's trash. I want the record to be shown. I have beat Bloodborne eight times. Mm-hmm. I have beat Sekiro twice. Uh, no pun what intended. Other games? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, my missing one? Um, <clears throat> did you play Demon Souls? I mean, I played them. I didn't beat them, though. Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3? Never beat them, no. Armored Core 2? <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> not quite in the same universe, but that's okay. All I'm saying is, Elden Ring was fun in a gameplay sense, in like a loop sense. I just felt like I've been down this road before already and i liked the other game before it like i liked bloodborne more you know yeah. i liked bloodborne a lot more and at first i was just like man i think elden ring strength is its open world you know there's like so much to do but at the end of the day it was so f- like just narratively vacant mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like more than i was used to with these type of games. And maybe it's because I just got spoiled with Sekiro and Sekiro is kind of a special game from, from, from a from software standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, they usually aren't that narratively driven. Um, but even with Bloodborne, I think back to Bloodborne, even though it was more like an Elden Ring game as in, you know, the story wasn't in your face. You kind of had to like peer in there and look for it. I just felt like the Elden, it's rather the Elden Ring story wasn't, you know, captivating enough it wasn't just what it wasn't enticing me yeah. or it just wasn't there to begin with and the whole two finger storyline and the trees and uh what do you call them the what are you again i forget uh the tarnished. not the fall the tarnished yeah the tarnished like it just all seemed like some weird adaptation of dark souls you know like it, it almost it almost looked like they were trying to make a Dark Souls storyline without calling it Dark Souls. Like, they didn't have the IP, the rights to say it was Dark Souls or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go to it into it more when we get to spoilers, but I, I believe Elden Ring is actually a sequel to Dark Souls 2. Yeah, but functionally, the game was great. I liked riding uh, on the horse throughout the open world. I liked, you know, the gameplay, which essentially was normal dark souls gameplay you know a mixture between bloodborne kind and of. you know a little i mean pretty much i mean there was a little bit of the poise from sekiro sekiro there was a little bit of the you know a more aggressive attacking strats from bloodborne uh you know and but then there's also shields in there and stuff if you really want to there wasn't a lot though so i'd say it was it was a mixture of a lot of things but it's at the end of the day it was still the same cup of tea is what I'm trying to say. It just wasn't, it just got boring. 
Yeah. To really say this, say the least, it just got boring. Yeah. And I got pretty far. I got almost. I got. I mean, I got to crumbling from Missoula, and like, and I even found the secret boss, the dragon. So I beat crumbling from Missoula. Technically, uh, I just didn't leave because I wanted to beat the secret boss. <laughs> I just got bored of it. Yeah. Yeah, and Crumbling Fazula is basically the last level. As soon as you leave there, you unlock the last boss. So it's uh, yeah. And I saw the videos of the boss, so it's like, and then the you know the second form of it, and I saw everyone bitching about it and how hard it was and how many times it took you to beat it and stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> I was just like, I don't even know if I want to fucking try. Like I'm not in that end of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it legitimately took me like. I want to say 60 or 70 attempts to kill the last boss. And I tried like five different builds throughout that 70 attempts. Like it took a lot of time, pain and effort. And I have beat every single, uh, except for Sikoro. I beat every souls born game. I beat all the dark souls. I beat Bloodborne. I beat demon souls. And this one gave me the most problems out of any of them. And I, 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 I I I hate I really hate that I have to like dock it a little bit for that because I've a lot of people will hear that and be like well, you just you, you just get good dude it, I have a huge frame of reference for these types of games and it wasn't a get good thing it was a poor design thing like they designed this last boss in a way where you have to do a very specific cheese or you have to fucking be perfect. You have to get perfect RNG. You have to just have like the perfect build. You have to have the perfect weapons. And then you have a chance to beat it with that good RNG if you're very patient. And it's, you know, my favorite is Bloodborne. I think it's your favorite too. And the reason I like Bloodborne so much is because you didn't have to be patient. You, it wasn't like sit here and block with a shield for an hour and then get one hit in and then rinse and repeat for an hour straight. Fuck that shit. Bloodborne, you're fucking just rolling around, fucking ripping shit in half with your saw blade. Just so much better design. It just feels better. It's more fluid. And it still had the perfect difficulty attached without sacrificing that. Elden Ring, I don't think, even comes close to that. And... It's really just a continuation of the poor design of Dark Souls 2, in my opinion. But uh, we can go into Oh, that. it's a continuation of the same engine used since Dark Souls 3. I'm pretty damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, take a step back. Uh, George R. R. Martin designed the world of Elden Ring. He didn't do the direct, like the direct writing of the game. He didn't write the dialogue, but he he basically created a bible of like the world of Elden Ring that they based everything off of. He created all the bosses, like all those big named bosses, um, but he didn't actually design them. What what do you think about the world itself, like the George R. R. Martin part of this game? Were you satisfied with that part? Underwhelmed? Um, I mean, if I wouldn't say I really noticed it. Interesting. Like, I'm just so used to from software. Um, with their fantasy look, and I I just didn't see anything where I'm just like, uh, yeah. They couldn't have made that without somebody else, you know. My brain didn't immediately pop. You're like, "That's not theirs. That's not of their design," you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. Again, I didn't play a lot of the Dark Souls. I've just played Bloodborne and Sekiro, and now this one, all the, almost all the way through, and based on those three games, I mean, they, and my little bit of playing and looking at all the dark, dark souls, I, I didn't see anything like the Even the dragon theme, the, the magic, the knights, like all the armor sets, big bulky armors. It just, yeah, it all seemed like a, a trend that they've been following for a long time. There's a couple deviations, you know, there's, of course, there was some new ideas sprinkled in there, but, it just 
other I mean it literally was on the same engine they've been using since Dark Souls 3 I'm pretty damn sure right it's just like a I don't know revamped version of that of some kind it can't be the same it, there's no way it's a brand new engine it looks the same the yeah. graphics look the same it does look very similar yeah go back to bloodboard on the fucking PS3 it's i i mean there's just no way that they are working with a brand new engine even yeah. to this day it's just crazy their graphics and their the frame rate and their their tool set and capabilities would just be way way better looking at this point yeah. every game since bloodborne in my every every game i've played since bloodborne has felt essentially the same even sekiro you get your hands sekiro it is a completely different game than bloodborne but you can tell yeah it's still in the same engine interesting yeah, Sekiro is the only one I haven't played, and I think that I'm probably going to play it someday. But I don't. This this fucking amazing Elden game. Ring, this Elden Ring, like I I had to like begrudgingly beat it. Uh, I almost quit it probably five different times throughout the game. I almost quit really early. I I like notoriously hate open world games. I've only played a few of them and not quit immediately. I just don't like them in general. This one had just enough uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Demon Souls in it that kept me barely holding on by a string. But like it was not it was despite not because of it. I really don't like open world games and I don't see the point of making this game open world at all. If it were an MMO, I would totally see it. And in fact, I actually believe that if they made Elden Ring a horizontal MMO, it would have been a much, much better game. But just being a single-player open-world title, it just felt pointless. It's like, why have this huge fucking world with all this random bullshit in it, most of which is meaningless? It doesn't respect your time in terms of like the type of player that usually plays these games. You're, you're adding this layer of time-wasting that's just unnecessary, I think. And everything open world about the game, I thought was the worst parts of the game. Like there are certain areas of the game where I just didn't even want to go there. They were so stupid. Like the the whole poison fire area to the east of the starting area. That's like that poison lake in it. I just thought that zone was uninspired, horrible. Every time I went there, my eyes burned. I just wanted to leave it. <laughs> and it most like you didn't even really need to go there. There were like one point in the game where you have to go there for a certain boss that's required. And that's it. Like, really, you don't even have to go there. It's so like, what was the point of that? Like, why couldn't you just put that development cost into making streamlining the experience going to the top of the game better? Like the required parts. Why put all this effort into this empty, shitty open world? <sighs> I know most people disagree with me on that. Open world is like the popular thing. Everyone loves open world, but that's my fucking old man on the bench telling the kids to get off my lawn moment is with me. It's open world games. Fuck open world games. Yeah, it is really weird. I think player opinions have like kind of helped ruin the industry. I mean, they're definitely not the main reason. Mon I mean, Corporate interests and monetization and microtransactions are the main reason games really suck nowadays. But, mm -hmm. dude, players don't help, dude. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. They, like, you know, they'll not only will they buy all these microtransactions, but they'll almost fight against the grain of what makes a great game. You know, they'll like, you'll see it in FPSs and any genre, but in this genre, this particular type of genre, like action adventure and stuff like that, it has to be open world. You know? Yeah. I want to feel like I can go anywhere where, it, and it's like, I get that because, you know, back in the day when these games were really super linear, the idea of an open world was fucking dope. And some of the games were super cool for a while. It was novel. But yeah, yeah it was novel. But now it's just bland. Yep. It's bland as fuck. And, like, 
I wish we kind of would dial back and, you know, maybe get an in-between, you know, make it a little bit more, just narrow it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. make more of the areas that are accessible a little bit more rich, you know, yeah. have more depth, you know, more NPCs with, you know, bigger quests that are more important, that give you better stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. You just don't, it's just, Yeah. FPSs and every other genre has it too, you know, like FPSs, you see microtransactions and everything. I mean, well, obviously, microtransactions is going to pop up in any genre, so I might as well not say that anymore. But, I mean, so is over the F- world, though. Like, but FPSs, it's like, yeah, kind of, but it's just like with FPSs, it's more like a, a battle royale, you know? It's like, oh, your FPS doesn't have a battle royale. Okay. And then all of a sudden it caused, I really think that shook, I really think that's what killed Halo Infinite. I think it shook 343, because not only did they not know how to make a Halo game, that was very evident since Halo 4 and 5, cough, cough. But when Halo, the next Halo game rolled around, not only were they kind of sweating about delivering a better Halo, but then they were like, well, fuck, now it has to be a BR. And I think that just fucking destroyed them, dude. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know how to eat, make either of those type of things. <laughs> yeah, it's open world is basically just creeped into every genre. And like when it when it first started and it was novel and it was a little bit more forgivable, it was it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, there's this game called Far Cry that just came out. It's this interesting open world thing. It's like, okay, cool, not my cup of tea, but I'm glad that it exists. But then once it just started to eat into everything, I started to get bitter about it. And I think the boiling point for me was Final Fantasy 15. Final Fantasy 15, the first half of that game was basically open world and it agitated me to an extreme degree. Because I, I, you can leave my fucking Final Fantasy alone. Make all the goddamn open world games you want. You want to ruin Zelda for me. You want to ruin all this shit. Go ahead, but fucking leave Final Fantasy alone, please. And they, they do at the end of FF15, they do go linear. And that's the best part of the game once it goes linear. But the first half is just so stupid because of the open world part. You're, you're just like, okay cool i get to drive around in this dumb car and do side quests and like this is supposed to be riveting that's not what final fantasy is it's it just annoys me and it uh goes into everything ff7 remake there was a fan petition for them to remake ff7 as an open world game did you know that what yeah they're they're like everyone was campaigning for ff7 remake to be open world and when the devs confirmed it wouldn't be open world like all these like news game journal news outlets like responded to it basically they all put out like all succinctly all at the same time if you look this up that all the articles are dated at the exact same time about how ff7 refuses to become open world despite everyone wanting it to be open world and they won't get with the program and like it's just like sort of a hit piece and it's just like what why does everything have to be open world I, i know we haven't talked about elden ring in a while now but i just you know it's it's just a sticking point elden ring is Essentially it's the same thing with Elden Ring, though. Is, Elden Ring is. is what we're talking about. It's a, the, of, to the yeah. From Software, like Souls Born franchise. Yeah. Elden Ring's the open world answer to yep. that franchise. Mm-hmm. And it, I just don't like it. I, I don't, I know I'm, I sound like an old man yelling about the kids to get off my lawn, but I just fucking, I'm, I'm really over the open world eating everything, the Ouroboros of open world. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. I th- yeah, it's just a shame. I think the industry really needs to master game cycle development, especially, and they also need to like know how to adapt better technology and get customers used to the adaption of that technology. You know, like if you're gonna jack up graphics so high to the point where like game development cycles take six years, 10 years, and you still maybe don't have a fully polished game. That's ludicrous. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you cut it. That's fucking ludicrous. And now they're like, like now that they're essentially like it's in my perspective, it seems like they're just used to that development cycle. They're like, yeah, well, it's just how it is. So we're going to try to make money however we can on it. So now they're like every game's an open beta. 
everything <laughs> yep. everything oh, has yeah. early access and like early rewards and it's just like they're just selling you a fucking incomplete product mm-hmm. and getting da- is also collecting your data at the same time which they make ludicrous bucks off of <laughs> you Be- know betas <laughs> used to be short they used to be exclusive and they used to be free now it's the complete it's opposite. a co-opted term it's yeah, not even what it is it, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah they've turned beta they've they found a way to monetize betas by selling the game as a beta on the promise that it'll be finished someday and there are certain games like star citizen is a great example i don't know if you follow that game at all that game's been in early access quote unquote for like 10 years it's Jesus insane Christ. How long that game's been in "quote unquote" early access? It's just like that's, that's it's, a scam. Kid. It is a scam, dude. Yeah. Could you imagine if Destiny One was still in early access? Because that's about around the time when I think Star Citizen first went into early access. Like it's crazy. Jesus. But uh, but yeah. So uh, before we get into spoilers, you what would you tell someone about this game? If, say, they were interested in it and they haven't played it yet and they're a fan of older From Software games, would you actually recommend it to them? Would you tell them to stay away? Because I know you know that the entire chorus is basically obsessed with Elden Ring. Like, if you look out into the popular media and all, like, everyone acts like it is the greatest video game of all time. And these are people that didn't even like uh, From Software games. Like, Bloodborne was a cult hit. It was the first time, really, that a From Software game got popular, and it was still, like, only a fraction of popular as Elden Ring is. A small fraction. So this game blew up way beyond any possible imagination. Yeah. What would you, what would you say to, the, to that rare person that hasn't played it yet, but played the older ones? Would you recommend it to them? Oh, of course. Of course I'd play, I'd recommend it for them, because it's not a bad game. It's just we're talking about oversaturation, you know, we're talking about every game having to be the same thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'll say I'll say something I've always said that people are so hungry out there for games. That are remotely good and have some content they can chew on, you know, so I would never tell someone to avoid Elden Ring. You know, it's just I think Elden Ring is as popular as it is right now because one, like I said, people are really hungry for any video game right now because people development studios are just taking fucking forever to release good games. And when they do, they're still shit like Halo Infinite, like we're on almost year one and it's not looking good. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. the second reason is from software fan base has always just been super loyal. You know, I don't think I've ever seen the from software community ever revolt on any particular game. You know, well, like Dark, Dark Souls, Souls one, Dark two, Souls two is very yeah, infamous. That in was the community. a they still played the shit out of it. True, and there's a and, lot and of three, white knights that'll defend it too, <laughs> for sure. And and three came along, and everyone loved it. And then Bloodborne, and then fucking you know Sekiro, everyone loved that. And now Elden Ring, and everyone loves that. You know, so and and now like hype trains are worse than ever with social media and all that shit. So it's like I think Elden Ring is kind of just a product of its time. I don't think it's if you really looked at the concurrent numbers of players and when we have more time looking back at it in hindsight compared to everything, I'm sure a lot more people will agree that it's not as high on the charts as like, as, as, far, as far as narrative stories go. And maybe not everyone cares about that stuff in, in from software games, but that's mm-hmm. particularly the reason I play from software games is because of the crazy nebulous, storylines they have and yeah, bloodborne well, is like the king in that and then sekiro is like right underneath that because sekiro has just a kind of more straight traditional story but it's super good it's yeah. like awesome <laughs> so yeah 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 uh, that's why i come back <laughs> all right 
I would I would tell um anyone that likes Dark Souls 2 get Elden Ring right now you're going to fucking love it. Uh if you only like Bloodborne and you don't like Dark Souls or Demon Souls, I would say stay away from this because when I look at this game from a purely Bloodborne perspective, it's a huge disappointment. But when I look at it like with a whole the whole kaleidoscope of the Soulsborne genre, it's a little bit more forgiving and it's really tough for me to recommend this game to anyone outside of the existing. It's funny because this game blew up and it obviously attracted a lot of new players that were outside the existing community, but I still would find a hard time recommending this to just like Joe Schmo that, you know, usually plays call of duty and Madden. You know what I mean? Like, well, they just won't be interested in it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't it still is the same type of game. Like it's still really hard in spots and it's not a game that you can just change the difficulty to casual or easy mode and just go through it. And you wouldn't really want to anyway because the story like the only point of doing that in a video game is so you can see the story and not be blocked because you're not a good enough player. But the, this game's story is like uh, We'll talk about it more in a second, but I don't think the story is anything special, especially considering George R. R. Martin wrote the Bible for it. Like, I expected more. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, you ready to get into some spoilers? Give it a C, dude. Pick it up used or 50% off on a Steam sale, all right? So, first of all, I just want to flesh out the idea that this is Dark Souls 2 2. Now, I know you never played Dark Souls 2, but Dark Souls 2 had a few very specific things about it that Elden Ring really takes to heart. First of all, the, the, the amount of traps. Dark Souls 2 was the trap Dark Souls. Dark Souls 1 and 3 didn't have nearly as many. Elden Ring has so many fucking traps in it. It's like the exact same. You can it's you, it almost feels like they went back in time and got the de- the specific developers who did Dark Souls 2 and brought them back for Elden Ring so they could have like their redemption arc. Uh the other thing is uh duo boss fights. Now, you you played Bloodborne. They're there are no duo boss. Well, I mean, there's God that that counts. There's like one duo boss fight, right in Bloodborne. Um, the, the, the there's a three. There's it's a uh, three bosses actually. It's the um the witch is a Yarnum. Yeah, which is a Yarnum. All right, and I, I the witch the witches of. Not Yarnum, yeah. Uh, which is of some Hemwick Rogue Grove yeah. or something like that. I forget. And What's then the also in that same in the forest before the swamp, <clears throat> if you do a certain quest with an NPC, or maybe I forget how exactly how you in uh, trigger the boss fight, but the three like almost um, what are those? fucking things from lord of the rings the lich riders or whatever the ring race it looks like like three ring race just walking with like scythes or like swords i forget what they are and you kill them and then there's a second phase where they do have like snakes of some kind like snakes are coming out of the ground that's the one i was thinking of yeah so those are the two that i know is there a third one Mm. I'm trying to think. I know there's probably another one that I just can't think of, but I I can't think of any. Been a others. while. It's been like years since I actually played it. I yeah, I can't think of any others. I think those are the only two. Uh, but either way, Dark Souls Two had like fucking twenty bosses that were like duo bosses, and Elden Ring follows that tradition to a T. There are so many duo bosses in Elden Ring. And it just drips of Dark Souls 2. The other thing is the amount of ganks. Uh, ganks were also common in Bloodborne. And I liked the way Bloodborne did them more than Dark Souls 2. Elden Ring really doubles down on the ganks. There are so many cheesy little ganks in that game. 
And then there's just shit tons of reskins too, which is another thing with Dark Souls 2. Just reskinned the same boss reskinned over and over. But then well, there's, yeah. there's the, the big I mean, thing. the game literally was filled with unused assets from other games. Yeah. Then there's the big thing. And this is the one that probably people will agree with the most. Dragons. Dark Souls 2 is infamous for its dragons, its emphasis on dragon boss fights and how important dragons were to the storyline. Elden Ring is the exact same. There's shit tons of dragons. They are essential to the storyline. Hell, you were just talking about crumbling, crumbling Missouri or whatever. Place is just Dragon Island. (laughs) It's Dragon Island. Just call it Dragon Island. There's fucking dragons everywhere. It's my favorite. It was my favorite level. I hated design design wise. I loved it. It was cool. It was cool looking. Uh, I didn't like the actual the mobs, the bosses. They were just strong, Daniel, and you suck. (laughs) No, the the thing that I didn't like were like all the dragon mini bosses. They're just annoying. You can actually skip them, which is what I did most of the time, but it's just too much dragon for me. Like, and you can blame it on George R. R. Martin, but like I said, Dark Souls 2 was the same way, and I f- there's so many reasons to me that this just feels like a like a redemption version of Dark Souls 2. Because Dark Souls 2 was it was maligned on release. I don't know if people have decided they like it now in retrospect, but I remember back when it first came out, people were not happy about it and I wasn't happy about it. I, I didn't like it that much. I didn't like dark souls three that much either, but it was way better than two for me. Bloodborne is the best and demon souls is, is number two. And then dark souls one, would be my number three. Uh, but what, what, where would you put Sekiro at? Or two. So you got Sekiro above Elden Ring, but below Bloodborne? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I have. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I don't, I've never played the other games, so it's hard to say if Elden Ring's really in number three spot. But for right now, I guess it is because it's the only it's the third game I've played. <laughs> I tell you right now, if you go back and play Dark Souls 2, you will trip balls at how similar it is to Elden Ring. Even mm. like like the zones. Another thing, like this is probably reason number six that I think it's basically a sequel. The zone structure, the way it's designed all of the other Soulsborne games are like dark and brooding and just like sort of have this evil motif. Dark Souls 2 had a bunch of like sort of like happy looking areas, much like Elden Ring does. There are a few areas in Elden Ring that look like beautiful pictures someone would have on their wall in like an upscale hotel or something. Yeah. Didn't Dark Souls 3 have that? Didn't it wasn't like a gigantic, like beautiful monolithic castle area. No, Dark Souls 3 sort of had the same, like, evil motif. It, there weren't, quote-unquote, pretty areas. I wouldn't really describe anything in Dark Souls 3 as being pretty. There are multiple zones, especially one in Dark Souls 2. I think it was called uh, Mahula or Maj- something ma- something like that. Mahula or Majula or something. That It looks, it's just like a happy land. Like you look at it and you would never imagine that it's from a happy dark Souls land. Yeah. It looks, it looks like candy land or something like, and there are a few spots in Elden Ring that are similar where you just look, it's like, Oh, it's just like this beautiful sunrise Vista with blow, flowing green grass. And you know, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I hear you. Uh, but, uh, what did you think about the uh, the weapon, the whole weapon system and like the gear system? Let's just drill in on the gil- the the gear system in general. What did you think about it? Well, I thought armor was useless. Uh, I think armor is purely cosmetic, which I'm not completely opposed to. I just thought it just kind of irked me that there were stats on the armors, and the fact that I couldn't get one stat setup and aesthetic setup to match at all you know i couldn't get one build to like where i was like this looks dope and somewhat goes towards any build i want to do you know yeah (laughs) i ran that so much i just got tired of it and i looked online and that's pretty much what everyone was saying like everyone just doesn't care about armor essentially 
like in all their builds. It's just totally purely cosmetic, like what they want to wear. They care more about uh, weapons being maxed out and skill or what? You, what did you call them? The combat skills that you have attached to them, and uh, you know, if you're a holy caster, what relic or medallion you're using? I forget what it's called, but um, and then if you're a sort a sorcerer caster, like spellcaster, like what staff you're using. Um, but other than that, it didn't really matter. I thought it was a pretty shallow system. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's very horizontal. Like you don't get a new armor set and it's like, "Oh, that has, you know, that's a huge upgrade over my old armor." It's it's never like that. It's always like, "Oh, it, it'll I will s- go ahead. I w- I will say that in the absence of all those in the absence of all those things, you do get a kind of unique system where items like all the cheese builds use like consumables and like really oddball spells that you didn't really think were viable in your first run through but when they're matched with like certain debuffs and buffs and like um you know stat builds they're like fucking op you know (laughs) so that's cool in its own way but it's also kind of i don't know i don't like doing i'm not a big fan of doing cheesy stuff i don't play Mm -hmm. games enough to know that much about a game so it it kind of I don't like that it's the what it feels like to sounds like to me and you the correct way to approach most bosses that are hard. You have to find some type of cheese formula. Yeah. Yeah, and that's an, uh, and this will be my last time I bring up the Dark Souls 2 conspiracy, but that that's my final similarity that I'll bring up. Dark Souls 2 famous for basically requiring cheese builds. Elden Ring, famous for requiring cheese builds. There's so much cheese in Elden Ring. Let's be fair. There's always been so much cheese in Soulsborne franchise. In I don't really think Bloodborne you know, but the, really the had effective cheese. Bloodborne, there's... Oh, yeah, there was. There were well, certain bosses, if you got used to the moves, like you could just literally run circles around them and they well, couldn't That's not cheese. cheese. Cheese is having... Like, you brought up... When I was fucking trying to beat the last boss and you brought up some dude had some weird cheese build where he would, like, hurt himself and then do a red lightning spell and one-shot the boss, that's cheese. Getting good at the game is not cheese. I don't think Bloodborne really had cheese like that. Like, can you think of something like that? I can't. I didn't. I definitely didn't use it. I mean, if there was, again, like I said, I'm not that type of player. I don't have that much time to like really sit there and on the game in that type of way, where I'm just like looking at every single item and seeing exactly what they do, and then being like, oh well, if you do this, and I'm also not of the mind to just go online and look up those type of cheese builds either. So I'll just, I just never know. I'm just that's not in my knowledge bank. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm very apt on bloodborne and i have i think i got every piece of armor and every weapon and every item that exists in bloodborne i don't think i missed anything i don't i don't believe there's actual cheese in bloodborne the way there is in dark souls 2 and the the way there is in elden ring i at least i haven't seen it i haven't seen proof of it but either way that's a huge huge similarity between those two as well and uh yeah, I don't I, I don't know about the storyline either because people say Elden Ring storyline is better than all the past ones, and I totally disagree. I think Bloodborne storyline is better. It's it's more esoteric, it's harder to figure out, but when you do get the pieces and you kind of put it together, it's way better than the fucking little I'm the tarnished and I'm gonna fucking restore the Elden Ring and become an Elden Lord and the big plot twist is you set the tree on fire at the end. It's just like it wasn't anything special, especially given George R. R. Martin's involvement. Like you just expected like some like Game of Thrones vibes, like a real storyline. It's just like it was really the story was really disappointing to me. Yeah, for I no doubt. I, I Bloodborne definitely has I struggle. I, I think Sekiro honestly has a better storyline, but that's because it's actually like a narratively driven story game, you yeah. know? Like every chapter, you're getting like hard developments, you know, of every character. Like people are dying in front of you. You're like being betrayed, fucking, 
you know, like literally your arm gets cut off. It's like the main poster of the game. You know, you're a one-armed fucking ninja. <laughs> so it's a very visceral a story. Uh, it, it, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I but I I just love Bloodborne so much. I don't want to say it's it's in second place because it's. I think mm. it's. I think Bloodborne is the best Souls type game. Sekiro kind of is in a little pocket. You know, it's yeah. different. So I almost just don't want to compare it, but they're the two best yeah. Soulsborne games I, I've ever played. So, yeah. <laughs> I think the only, there's only two parts of the storyline of Elden Ring that I really enjoyed. And first is the, the Rhea Lucia Academy. Um, that final boss in there the like if you look at the storyline for her that was some really like i think that's where you get some of the game where you get some of the game of thrones shit like the storyline with her and all of her dead babies and shit is just like oh fuck like this is some dark shit I, i i thought that was cool and also the fire lord i forget ryuk rukin or ryukin uh the storyline with him and like, he has like the, the NPC at the front. Who's like, join our league of assassins, go take out some tarnished and, you know, be John wick and Elden ring. And you go do that. And then she's like, Oh, the Lord wishes an audience with you. And, and she takes you to this cave and it's just, he's just this giant evil spider God. And you're like, Oh fuck. Like that was cool. Like there are a few spots in Elden ring. I truly loved it's a the snake. Sp- God, a spider. Oh, did I say spider? Yeah, I meant snake. There's a few spots like that that are just truly like, whoa, like that was fucking cool. But it's so few and far between. And the parts that you really want that in, they're not there. Like the beginning of the game, there's nothing like that. And at the end of the game, there's nothing like that. The ending is such a thud, in my opinion. I don't know. Star Scourge Radigan, or no, Radigan's the one of the second to last boss. Rat. Ragon or something. His son, Ragon, the guy that's in the desert roaming with the horse. That was a super cool fight. Yeah, but I fought him at like the 50 hour mark. That's not the beginning. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Right. Oh no, no, no. I agree. There's some there's some really cool boss fights. I'm more talking storyline wise when I mention those two. Like I really like the idea that like Rikard is this secret evil snake god who you think is just a dude who's sending you on missions like you're John Wick or something and like you eventually earn his trust and you feel like you're about to get on a knee and be knighted by him but instead he tries to eat you you know what I mean like that is thematically story wise I thought that was really cool I'm not even sure what the story is with Ragon. He was a really cool boss fight. Super easy because you could summon eight fucking helpers, but it was a cool fight. But I don't know. Uh, What's the story? He was, like, it didn't seem anything him and, uh Him and Melina or Melinia or whatever fought. And at the end, she used her like flower bloom attack thing and gave him the the scourge, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the 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 bad the bad stuff the, and there was no doctors around to give him antibiotics so he just roamed in the desert for many moons and I guess he has like he's like a master of gravity spells or something like that so that's why he can sit on that tiny horse and that it's like his favorite horse mm-hmm. you know yeah I wasn't impressed that's all, that's all I know <laughs> yeah I wasn't impressed with the lore of that one uh, it's I don't know. It's very uneven. The The storyline of this game, super uneven, a little uninspired compared to what you would expect from the creator of Game of Thrones, which makes me think that perhaps they didn't follow all of his Bible so biblically. I have a feeling that they picked and choose some things to implement and others not so much. Probably. I mean... Miyazaki, dude. Uh, yeah. Um, what else? Soundtrack. Uh, what'd you think about the soundtrack? Uh, 
<laughs> You're struggling to remember any of the music right now, aren't you? <laughs> I remember the intro music. I always remember that. The bing, ding, and then you hit the button. Boom, yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> I remember that, but other than that... Uh... Uh... Yeah. Uninspired. Yeah. Uninspired. Bloodborne soundtrack laps it laps it a hundred times like it's so crazy how much better bloodborne's music is compared to <laughs> elden ring well bloodborne's music is actually intense like oh, it's dude. like it's like gothic horror and the ma- and the music actually matches that you know like when you're fighting a 25 30 foot wolf creature on the bridge in yeah. a gothic town in a gothic victorian hellish nightmarescape dude the music matches perfectly <laughs> just like uh, i whenever people ask me about bloodborne and i always bring up the the ludwig fight the first boss of the dlc he the if you want to talk perfection in music in terms of a soulsborne game there look nowhere else that like the way that it it starts off when you're fighting his first form it's cool music but it's kind of subdued. And then you, you hit him into phase two and he goes to that fucking one of the most badass little cutscenes of a boss ever. He takes his sword and then all of a sudden the trumpets start playing like gothic horror trumpets. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. like, just like so fucking good. There's nothing like that in Elden Ring. There is not a single boss. And that includes the secret boss, uh, Melina or whatever her name is. I don't know if you ever got to her. I did get to her, but I didn't actually beat her. Her music is nothing. Like almost all the bosses in this game, just the music is so forgettable. There's nothing special about it. It's almost like it's not even there. You can almost just play the game with music turned off and you wouldn't even notice. Fucking horseshit. <laughs> I still remember fighting costs. The son of Koss, or Orphan of Koss, sorry. On the, another great, another the great track, too. Yeah. Dude, it was so music. good, dude. Yeah. I don't know what happened with the music in this game. And it's it's so weird because everyone rates this game as perfect. Like, if you look at the official review scores, it's all 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. Like, no one, like, almost everyone universally rates it perfect. It's like... I do think this is a good game, but it is not fucking objectively. It is not perfect. And there are so many examples of what they, them doing it better in other games. I just don't, I don't get it, but yeah, whatever. I hate legend of Zelda breath of the wild too. And everyone fucking loves that game to death. So <laughs> you just, you, you know, everyone's getting gay, dude. <laughs> You need to be gay now. You need to like open world. You need to take that open world dick. <laughs> Sounds like an episode for Always Sunny. Everybody's getting gay. <laughs> Everybody's getting gay. Oh, shit. What was your favorite boss? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... Probably Margo. Or not Margo. Uh, what's his name? The brother. Margo. Find him on. Yeah. Well, no, the blood guy, the blood lord, or whatever. He was pretty fun. I his name. Oh Sorcerer yeah, Pam. the guy, the guy with the fucking pitchfork. Yeah, that what's guy his was name? cool. That was pretty fun. Um, Hell yeah! I mean, there uh, was a lot of fun bo- boss fights. Morgot was his name. Yeah, Morgot. That was pretty fun. Uh, then also, not. I mean, they weren't. I mean, the first one wasn't that crazy, but when you fight the second one, who's actually a boss fight, which is. That's. Did you ever go underground and fight the uh, spirit antler boss fight? Yeah, I thought that was lame as fuck. You like the spirit I, antler guy? I thought it was. I thought it was cool looking. His move 
was super dope looking. When you flew in the air and shot yeah. Starfall yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was super dope. It was pretty lackluster gameplay wise, but you know, I thought the boss was the pretty visual. cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um what else? I liked uh a lot of the um horseback fights too. The mini bosses like the Sentinels and the um did you ever fight the Black Knights at night? I have no, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know how the Sentinels roam around the land at daytime? Like you see, like the Tree Sentinels and like all the and like the um, God, what are they called? The yeah, Sentinel Knights or something? The the Jail Knights or whatever? I forget. But there, there's all kinds of different ones. But at night, something called the Night Riders come out. I think is what they're called. Yeah, those were pretty. You know, they're pretty tame fights. But I, you know, I like the theme of a lot of the fights. But everything seemed pretty milk toast for like noobs. You know, like yeah. not not a lot of the fights. There were some fights that were really hard. But then again, you could just avoid them. You didn't actually have to do them. So yeah, the you know which fight <laughs> I actually is definitely not my favorite fight, but it sticks out in my memory because of how ridiculously hard it was. Was that Briar Knight, the guy who was like wrapped in thorns? You fought him oh. outside of the capital city, like down in like that little basin to the west of the capital city. I think so. I think you can kill him early. You can get him to hunt you. Well, that boss was insanely hard, but compare it's funny because like the the boss before him and the boss after him, easy one shots. Him took me like maybe 20 attempts to kill him. He's one of the ones I wiped on the most. Not close to the Elden Beast, but still up there for wipe count. Uh yeah, I, my favorite boss is going to be Godfrey, I think. He was just unique and he talked a lot. He like he he was more he felt more alive than a lot of the bosses. A lot of the bosses in this game just sort of feel like hollow images. Godfrey actually felt like you were like had weight behind the fight when you were fighting him. And it had some cool design elements. Was was Godfrey the one that grafted the dragon hand on to, like he he like cut that dragon's head off and grafted it onto his body mid fight? That was like his second phase. Uh Godfrey the Golden. Godfrey <sighs> That was the, a pretty cool That's fight. not the fight I'm talking that guy No, okay. So you're talking about God, what was the Godwin? I think is yeah. who you're talking about. There's a, yeah, there's a couple that sound really similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking about Godwin. I think he's actually supposed to be the son of Godfrey. No, dude, Godfrey's the barbarian guy that you fight who just like fucking, oh, fuck, you might not have fought him. Oh, no, shit. I, I fought him. I fought him. He, I don't think he unlocks till after Crumbling Missoula. Oh, yeah, you're talking about Godfrey, the Elden Lord, the yeah, first Elden Lord. Well, yeah, dude. Okay, so that's why you don't know, because you haven't even played. That's a shame. You should go fight him. That's mm. that. So he's like a he's like a barbarian. Like, he fucking uses his fists, and he, like, punches the ground like yeah. a fucking superhero. He's a you fucking fight, badass. You fight his uh, ethereal form earlier in the game. Remember, you run into his, like... Uh, what do you call? What do you call it? Those little things you summon, like the mimic tier and shit. You essentially fight that form of him in a castle. I forget where it was. I think it was in uh, Lindell. Somewhere in Lindell, you fight him, the ghost version. All right, well, broadcaster, as you know, here in the Crack Cellar, we have an official patented Ghostbuster rating system that we use with all of our reviews. And uh, with this special edition of the Crack Cellar, what do you rate 
the hype lord of all video games, Elden Ring. <clears throat> Vigo. Holy shit. Damn. A Vigo Lord. <laughs> Lord Vigo. <laughs> I'll get a give it a high ESG score. Vigo. <laughs> What is that acronym for the equity score? Uh, uh oh, equity gozer. No, that those that point system like actual companies use. Oh fuck, I don't know. Like ESG or something. I forget. It's like an ESG score. Yeah, <laughs> it's ESG Vigo. All right, hmm. this is this is the guy. This is Vigo that comes in and reviews your company and sees if you're. Diverse enough if your game's open world enough. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... I, I just don't... I felt so bored with the game at the end and unimpressed. And I think that's more of me just, like, unimpressed with video games in general nowadays. But it was, it was this easy to get over. I got, I got so far in it, I cheesed so much shit and the fact that co-op was pretty much just the same thing it's been since Dark Souls. Yeah, we didn't I, get into I, that, but that was a huge like, disappointment too. You know, it was, just, it, it was a huge disappointment to me. I'm like, okay, so I can't really play with my friends in any meaningful way. We can just help each other play boss fights, essentially. And there's some PB, some basic PvP action. But other than that, it just was the same thing. It 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 literally was the same thing. Yeah. So I just I got over all that really fast, and like I said earlier, the story just wasn't I wasn't really digging it. So I got to give it a pretty low score, man. It just didn't impress me. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of games I don't I'd uh, leave incomplete. You know, very few games. <laughs> Never thought it would have been Elden Ring, but here we are. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, speaking of equity gozer, I'm going to give it an equity gozer. <laughs> I think it I think it's a B, a strong B minus. Uh just it has some really bright spots, but they're few and far between and it's just a huge disappointment in so many areas. I can't like the game it was so hard to beat it. Like I had to force myself to keep playing it so many times, which is just not normal for me in these types of games. Like I never had to force myself to beat Bloodborne or Dark Souls or well Demon Souls a little bit cuz I was not used to like when Demon Souls first came out, it was so jarringly difficult and like it was so in in a weird way it was more robotic, more sort of uh the movement wasn't as fluid. It, it was very kind of, it was just a really weird shift. So it took me a while to get used to that one. And I did almost quit Demon's Souls a few times, but El Elden Ring was different because I have a pedigree in these types of games. And I still just, I could not, I could not keep myself playing it. I took so many breaks. Like we're reviewing this four months after the game was released. It, I literally took probably five or six breaks in that time. I just beat the game like a week and a half ago, <laughs> very recently. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's an okay game. It's a decent game. It borders on good at times, but it is so overrated, so overhyped that I'm just astonished by it. And I just, I feel like someone's playing a trick. Like how did this happen? That so many people think this is the greatest I, video game of all time. I don't really don't think that's any fault of the from software. No, community, or right? I think that's literally just it being released in a famine. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. And on that note, we will close out. I seriously, you know, I feel like I'm in this minority, but I feel like in many, in many years from now, people are going to look back on this day and age and like how shitty games were being developed and how long they're being developed. And they will see games like Elden Ring mm -hmm. and they'll see the hype bubble around them because they were just released in these times, <laughs> yeah. like decent games, but it's just like, Holy fuck. People 
we're just like calling it the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. Your God is dead and no one cares. <laughs> if there's a hell, I'll see you there. Trent Reznor knew the whole time, broadcaster. He is the first Elden Lord. And then he released eight other albums, and then he had the fucking nerve to then release his tenth album with the title track, A Copy of A Copy of Copy of a Copy. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs>